This is D-Ray Brinson. And this is Ethan Maddie. And this is the SonicBreakdown.com representing or presenting our first podcast. This podcast was produced by William West. We thank you for it and appreciate it, man. So today we're going to present, uh, both of us are going to present our, our top 10 albums, basically of 2015. Um, some of the albums were released in 2014, but very late in the year, so it's basically still 2015. <clears throat> and we also consider, this is our top 10 list that we would consider to be albums that should be considered for nomination for the Grammys in the hip-hop category. Um, so we're going to go down our list and then uh, explain why we picked it, basically. My num- number 10 album is The Album About Nothing by Wale. Number 9 is Killer Mike and LP, Run the Jewels 2. Number 8 is Dr. Dre's Compton album. Number 7, ASAP Ro- Rocky, At Long Last ASAP. Number 6, The Roots, And Then You Shoot Your Cousin. Number 5, Logic Under Pressure. And number 4, Rap City, Beauty and the Beast. And we're going to list the top three albums after we go through the reasons for the 10 through 4. Here's uh, F and Maddie's uh, 10 through 4. Mine is number 10, Earth the Jerk. Number number 9, Drake and Future. 8 was Vince Staples. 7 was Rhapsody. 6 was Dr. Dre. 5 was Drake's. Um, it was a mixtape or whatever you want to call it is is an album to me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> um, four was Lupe Fiasco. All right, so let's break it back down to ten. For me, I got ten. The Wale the album about nothing. <clears throat> the reason why I picked number ten, uh, Wale as number ten, or the reason why I made my number ten album in this list is because conceptually, I, I like the concept of the album. It was basically. Wale having a conversation with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and them, based on the conversations that they were having, allowed them, allowed Wale to come up with songs. Um, I basically like the album from front to back. Excuse me, there's a couple of album or a couple of tracks on this album that I didn't necessarily enjoy too much. As I stated in the review that you can check out on the sonicbreakdown.com under the breakdown page. Um, but one of the songs I didn't like too much was the body it wasn't it wasn't bad but it just it just really didn't do it for me as well as the one time in Houston the beat was okay but I just wasn't feeling it but other than that the album as a as a whole was good I like the like I said I like the concept and I like the fact that it was giving us like glimpses into the creative process of how he creates the songs like how a small conversation in or a small piece of a conversation can lead to uh, him coming up with the entire song it just was it was fascinating to me as well as the insights that they had with the Seinfeld song backing up the song so clips from the the TV show uh, balancing out and confirming what you thought the album or the song was about so that's the reason why I put Wale number 10 but the reason why it's so low on the list is because as I mentioned those two tracks so I I can't just listen to it straight through Um, so that's the reason why for me but it does have high replayability Explain why you picked your what was your ten? Oh, you mean my uh, your tenth album? Ten, ten through uh, okay. No, just your tenth album. My what, tenth album. Yeah, oh, that was you... your tenth. Hey, you're talking so damn much. I I didn't know. You know, shit. All right. Um, my tenth was uh was Earth the Jerk, Local Love. I don't. I didn't pick this uh this this to be you know Grammy nominated or nothing. These are the best albums that I heard this year. I mean um, 
Just like his uh, album, he had a lot of, you know, some features from some Adrian Marcel, um, London Too Short, um, some uh, other uh, other cats, but uh, his beats, his lyrics, one of the better artists out of the Bay Area, you know, that nobody's really, I mean, like, he had his little run, but, you know, he should be, he should be getting more credit than what he does, um, and that's, that's all I have to say about it. Okay. Let's go to your nine. Speed this up. <coughs> Nigga, don't rush me. I just go. <laughs> like I'm gonna. I, I'm don't just, rush me. Just hurry up and go. <clears throat> don't rush me. Don't so number. Hey, shut up. Don't talk an essay. <laughs> I'll talk as long as I want to. Killer Mike and LP run the jewels number two. Come back. <laughs> is, is my number nine. <laughs> is your number nine. Yeah, it's Why? number nine. Uh. I thought it was a very good follow-up to their first album, Run the Jewels. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they used more experimental beats. Um, they they range their the beats range from jazz, rock, experimental. <laughs> we got uh, very nice. We got distractions going on over here. Distractions. Uh, um, yeah, I like the fact that they used experimental beats. Um, it still had the strong essence of hip hop. And another thing that I, I really enjoyed was the back and forth play between Killer Mike and LP. They both are really good lyricists, and they give us that back and forth that you got from uh, Kanye and Jay Z in, in uh, Watch the Throne, and that we used to see all the time back in the early stages of hip hop. So it kind of had that nostalgic feel. That, and they felt like the way they completed each other's rhymes, it was just it was it was like a symbiotic relationship. How 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 well it was done, um, to me. <clears throat> And so that's why I put it on, on, on that ninth spot. Killer Mike was on Bill, Bill Maher, too. Yeah, he's a deep brother. I mean... He's he, an activist. Yeah, he's an activist. He's lyrically, he's lyrically sound, and he talks about that on Run the Jewels, too. My number nine was Drake and Future, What a Time to Be Alive. Basically, this album, I mean, it's... it's, it's <laughs> you'd be nodding your head on every track. Not everybody. I mean, I don't. I mean, most people. How about that? Okay. You know, um, I like the, especially. I mean, like, I like for a fact that um, for it to be considered a mixtape, but you know, it it really caught on like as an album. A lot of people really are on it. Um, I just feel as though like um, it had a theme to it. You know, um, with all the the titles, all the titles of the album. You know, uh jerseys and drake's freestyle at the end of the album 30 for 30 um jump man um scholarships you know it's just referring to just you know just sports and stuff like that you know so there's a theme so there's you know some artistry to it that doesn't get recognized um okay and yeah you know um that's my nine <clears throat> all right my number eight is a uh, dr dre compton um I thought this album was really good. I do. Um, I thought the inter- in- instrumentation on the album was superbly done. It was sophisticated and very clean. Um, there was there was no point in the in the album where I felt there was sound that shouldn't be there, or a sound that was missing, or a audible cue or a sonic property that I felt could have made it better or elevated it. Everything fit perfectly um which one which is what you expect from dr dre he's a he's a perfectionist when it comes to to production so you you definitely get that the 
lyrical content is is very is stunning it's stellar um you got great um guest spots from kendrick uh another person that i found you know that i very this is my first time hearing was anderson Park on this album and he's he's flooded all through this album Dude and dope. it's yeah he's he's He's, it's it makes sense why he put him so so heavily featured on this album, um, because of the talent that he possesses. I think he had more features than um than um than Kendrick on. Yeah, he did. No, yeah, he def- yeah, 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 definitely more. Because Kendrick only had two. Yeah, two on features. top of like I think in a couple of other songs he's like you, you'll hear his voice, but mm-hmm. he probably won't get any uh you know any, no, any yeah, credit on it. But yeah, like you'll just hear his little subliminals. It's like that's his voice still. Yeah, yeah, that's a good trip. That's a good pick. Yeah, and it. it I felt like the production was sophisticated, like I said, high level production without losing the the central West Coast feel. It felt very California. It felt because sometimes people confuse sophistication with something that you hear higher level, like from New York sound or East Coast sound sometimes. And I don't feel like this was the case in this album. Um, To me, the only thing that held it back, why I put it so low (coughs) at number eight, is because of the extended amount of features it took away for me the cohesiveness because it just so many people talking um or rapping that it 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 caused some i mean that's some great. some cohesive cohesive lag for me that's but great, it is expected because like you said it is dry and that's what you expect to hear so i'm not saying it still made the album good but for me it took away from it i wish there was just less features um, to give it a, a little bit more cohesiveness, but again, I think it's a great album or a good album because it's made number eight. Okay, uh, my eight was um, Vince Tape, Vince Staples. Sorry, um, Summertime '06. Uh, this album um, was on the artistry side, like it, it was well put together. Um, it was 20 tracks, but it was um, the first the first 10 was one through 10. And the second ten was like you know he was he had to like one two through ten again so it was pretty you know more like the way chapters it, like in a book yeah the way it was it was it was set up and stuff like that um, he has two skits you know Ramona Park and then Ramona Park uh, Part Two on the second ten hmm. um, on the album um, I thought this album was good it would have made my top fifteen he got real not my top ten though he 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 got real political like uh, he, he he he's 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 a political dude you know talking about you know things that are relevant you know today and whatnot um I think him and Kendrick Lamar are really like they put a heavy emphasis on that like in their albums um like throughout the album like with both of them um similarities you know you know, LA cats. That's what they do, I guess. <laughs> there was something lacking, and I, I can't really put my my finger on it. It just, I heard it, I liked it, but it didn't have the replayability for me. I didn't. Li- I I just noticed that myself. I didn't pick it up as much, and I'm not sure why. But I just didn't. So that's why it didn't make my top ten. Though. But uh, moving on to number seven, is uh, ASAP Rocky's "At Long Last ASAP." Um, I've been rocking with ASAP for a minute, so that might be some of my bias. Um, I do think this was a very good album. Again, high production value. Um, I, I, I do think that he stepped up his lyricism. I don't think, again, I'm not saying he's a lyricist to the quality of J. Cole or Kendrick, but I do think his lyrical ability was elevated in this album in comparison to his last album. Um, not to say the last album was bad, but he just improved. Um, I also like 
the thing that attracts me to ASAP Rocky is his flow. I think he has a great flow. He knows how to pick production, and he knows how to write over those beats. And he does it well, and he does it in an interesting, um, fun manner, but that still gives you feels or gives you the feeling of high end class or high end uh, sophistication, like he talks about the high end clothing that he wears. He yeah, he put a huge emphasis on uh, fashion um, in this album. That's I guess that's his, what he's really you know trying to get Passion. into and stuff like that. So um, I liked it because he um, <clears throat> in his first album is like he's he's talking about like it's just you know different things. It's not he's he's talking about something else that he's experienced in his life. You know new you know uncharted waters, and now yeah. he's you know relaying that to everybody else. You know it's three years you know, since he put out uh, his first album was three years ago in 2012. So oh I mean, wow yeah I didn't. Yeah, I, so. Now that now now that I thought about that because I didn't think about that, that makes sense. Like I said, the growth that I hear in his yeah, lyrics is three years content. a lot. You know, like. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I didn't notice that was heavy on this was that there was um a trippy, heavy, sentimental or cinematic atmosphere. Um, I think a lot of that was due to the results of ASAP Yams dying, and that having a toll on him. And I think that affected the type of production that he picked. I don't think he would have picked maybe as heavy laden production that he did that had more of an emotional ring than his last album. I think that it's it's sad to say, but you know, the best art is usually created out of tragedies. And I, I think the tragedy of ASAP Yams dying caused his music to be elevated, caused I mean, him to, to grow. He has some great features, you know, um I mean he had what um Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart, Miguel, UGK, not 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 just um, Bun B, yeah, like he had, he had uh, Pimp C on there too, like like UGK and Juicy J as well, uh, Kanye, um, Schoolboy, uh, MIA, new, and Future. I mean, he has he has some. And then that new dude, Joe Fox. <laughs> Joe which, Fox is all over there. Um, you know how he found Joe Fox? How he found Joe Fox walking from his hotel on the street, just playing a guitar. Oh really? Yeah, that's and, pretty cool. To me, Joe Fox has the, he has a lot of what I heard on this album. He has a lot of range. He has the potential to be. I don't want to overblow him or hold him to a standard that I don't think he can live up to. But he has like a John Dylan, uh, uh, like a songwriter ability of him, like a Bob Marley soul in his voice that you can hear on uh, certain tracks on that album. To me, um, like you Holy got Ghost. All that, you got all that. You got all that from him, huh? Mm-hmm. From Holy Ghost, I, I don't I know about that, all of that, that shit. That soul but you know, from from the way he chose to sing that 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 chorus. Yeah. Um, I, I but again, I have to see more from him to to see if that opinion sticks. Yeah, you should you should like keep that opinion to yourself. Until uh, you no. It's already on the review shit. on the SonicBreakdown.com. On the breakdown page. It shouldn't be. It should be. That's horrible. No. Go. What's your number seven, fool? Seven is Rhapsody for me. You why you got it so low, bro? That album was great. <laughs> Album was good, yeah. It was cool. I mean, All right, so first, I mean, I had no idea who she was, honestly, until um, I heard her on uh, the Complexion track on uh, Kendrick Lamar's track uh, album. And uh, you know, I gave her, I gave her, anyway, you know, I gave her a shot, and you know, was, I really liked it. It was um, uh, real soulful. Um, she's an MC, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, she's not the you know the 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 NC. You know, not not a Nicki Minaj. You know, uh, I don't even want to mention Iggy Azalea, but <laughs> you know, I don't even want to say the name. But you know, 
She's nothing like that. She's not even taking her clothes off and shit like that. You know, she's, you know, just... No, she's just a... <clears throat> to me, if you take... You don't even have to say she's a good female MC. She's just a good MC. She's just a good MC. Yeah, just exactly. in general. Like, like in, in the review that I wrote about her, I said... Like, like Queen Latifah 2.0 type yeah, shit. Yeah, I know? said she's a mixture of Rakim's smooth delivery, MC Light's edge or feminine aggression, Lauren Hill's emotional connection, and a splash of Queen Latifah's positivity and unifying unifying qualities. That's what I wrote about her. Is because she has that. If you like throughout the album, she has that that rough, hard MC Light feel. But then she is about positivity, about trying to make society better, and with her little advices, like in the man, like exposing how a subsection of the population lives. So that other people won't judge that person as hard because they, if you understand where somebody comes from, you're less likely to pass judgment on them. Can't wait to hear more. Can't wait for her to, you know, see what she does next. But You should check out her album that she had before that one, though. It's the same one. No, the, not that one. It's called uh, Return of the B-Girl. How the hell do you know? I told this fool about her. How, how, how do you know? Now you know? Getting low bridged. <laughs> Getting low bridged left and right over here. It's all good. Alright, what are we on? Uh, number six. Alright, you want to go with number six? Or you want to go with uh, my number six was uh, Compton. So, I mean, like I said it's Dre. You know, um, it wasn't better than his first two albums. I'll say that. But it was a really good album. Um, but you disagree with that the the high amount of features was... No, I don't. No, that's, that's Dr. Dre. That's what he does. Oh. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I expected that he's not a he's not a rapper, you know. He's a, he's a DJ, you know. He he's a producer, you know. So I mean, that's not what he's that's not what he's always been. Okay. So that's something that you should already expect it. Uh, no, I did I expect it. Six. I didn't expect as much. So. Yeah, I gave him six. I didn't expect Jill Scott to be on the track. Hey, that to me was one of the standout tracks of that album. I didn't expect that. <laughs> that to, yeah, that to me was one of the standout tracks of the album. I, really I still know, go back to that. And I didn't know that Marsha Ambrosius was uh was signed to him. I didn't know. He, uh, I didn't know on, that. I, I didn't. I mean, like, well, she's on like three tracks, something like that. Damn. I don't. I don't. I not know that. So yeah. Um. So let's go to five then. I gotta go to do my six. My six oh, is uh, six? the roots, and then you shot your country. Then you shot your cousin. My bad. To me, this album. The reason why I put it so high is because. It's because of its unique and innovative concept that it has in this album. To me, this is like the equivalent of a hip hop opera. If you, when I played it straight through, it takes me to, I've only been to one opera in my life. So I've been I to only, none. I've only have. Th- and I no, haven't heard this album either. I only have one, one opera. Well, I've been to one, but I've seen two or three on video. And the feeling that I got from seeing those and being at the one is the same feeling I got from this album. The only difference was with this album, it was music and sounds and that I was more familiar with because it is the roots. It's, you know, you got Questlove, you got the whole band that's, that's bringing qualities and sounds that I'm familiar with from hip hop, from jazz, from blues that I can relate to and this but this album still had that same feel of an opera just the sounds and the places that it took you the stories that it was telling just with sound and just with uh, lyrics that wasn't directly leading to a story 
So that's what did it for me with that album. So that's why I put it so high because it was so daring. And I feel like they took a big risk. You know, even though the roots is big and, you know, they're on Jimmy Fallon, they're, you know, they're they're when it comes to black bands right now, they're that they're that they're the shit. And they still took that daring path and still made a great album. This is I still put it on the level of any other Roots albums. The Roots to me has never made really a bad album. Hmm. <clears throat> so this lives up to the quality that you expected, but it's in a different manner. I really encourage people that like hip hop, that like hip hop to, to push the borders of hip hop to really check out this album. So that's that's the reason why I put it up so high. All right. Number five. Uh, my five was uh, Drake. <laughs> if you're reading this, it's already too late. Okay. I mean, track for track, the albums. I mean, it, it slapped. Um, okay. The fact that he dropped it around this time last year, um, just just dropped it, you know, and it got the recognition, you know, it got the 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 reception that it did you know um you know every i mean almost i mean well half the album is a single like on the radio you've heard half the album on the radio right yeah that's true um <clears throat> it would be in my top 15 just not my top 10 gotta go by popularity as well not for it's me. pretty popular i just go by sound sound and emotion and well, he's gassing i mean i don't think it's a bad album like I said, it made my top fifteen, just not my top ten. Okay. What's your what's your five? My five is logic. I know Matt hates it, Matt. Okay. Yeah, you hear that whistle? That was that was that was that was uh hey, what's your Matty. four? What's your four? No, let me finish telling my uh, no I, I, I don't want to hear about logic. Well, I don't care. Maybe our listeners do. Mm-hmm. Nice. I put logic under pressure as uh my number five. Uh to me this was my first Real listen to Logic uh, as a complete album, not a mixtape. I really don't like Logic too much as a mixtape. Any of his mixtapes, really. But I do like... um, I do like this album as well as the next album. Um, They both, to me, are really good. This entire album is... uh, It gives you an introspective look into Logic's life and is... and I feel like I, I have a better understanding of who he is and his surroundings and what he went through to get to this point. He talks about his father, things of that nature that gets you um, a little bit more in touch with him. I think it's a really good album, and it, like I said in the review, it made me feel like I was a fly on a wall in his life. Oh, that's um, so sweet. That's so sweet. But it made my top five, because I okay. do listen to it a lot. What's your so. four? My four is, like I said, Rhapsody, Beauty and the Beast. It was a great mm. album. She's a great MC. She deserves it. Uh, her her songs give a great perspective of uh, the point of a female, but she also touches on topics that give uh, social context, um, you know, a deeper meaning in her her manner. Um, like I said, she's a mixture of uh, Rockham, MC Light, Lauren Hill, and Queen Latifah. So that's why she made my top four. She's to me that good, and I would encourage people to check out her other albums in her uh, discography because I think they're worth a listen to as well and I can't wait to hear what's up next yeah, like I said yeah. I not really can't though but <laughs> I really do like her voice me too like soothing just, mm-hmm. oh great um 
My four is Lupe Fiasco, Tetsu and Youth. Or you. Sorry, is it Youth or You? Youth. I haven't seen it in hella long. Youth. Like the album cover, I haven't seen it in hella long. So, but, um, yeah, that's a really good, man, this is a dope album. Like, I keep telling you this. I told, um, I'll tell everybody now. Um, <clears throat> he was out here in the city, in San Francisco. Um, me, my cousin, some other homies, we went and watched him, like, like, he didn't get any support from from any from his label. Like you could just tell, like this whole the whole uh, his little I don't even know you could call it a tour. <laughs> like it was like it was empty. It was at the Regency, I think, at the Regency Ballroom. Like I've been there before for like for instance, French Montana packed more people in there than Lupe did. It's like wow, this, this dude's been nominated for a Grammy on his last album. Like you know, <laughs> it's it was crazy. You know, like. Um, but it was a really good album. Um, the production, the lyrics, um, yeah, it was. It's nothing I could. Really, I mean, I really did get me back to you know, um, to the you know the kick push Lupe. You know, to the who the liquor the cool. Yeah, both of those exactly. Um, that's that's what it reminded me of. Um, he got back to that Lupe on here. It just sucks that he didn't get the you know the promotion and you know. The and the support in. from his record label, you know, and this was his last his last meal with him anyway. So, you know, hopefully, you know, looking towards the future, hopefully, you know, him and Kanye can uh, rekindle something. He get back on the right track because he needs to be, you know, on that mainstream apparatus <laughs> for real. The dude is nice. Um, yeah, that's my four. All right, so now we're moving into the top three. Um... My third is Lupe Fiasco, Tetsu and Youth. Um, as as uh, Maddie just went through, to me that was just a great album. If you, if you go from the first song to the last song, from the cover to the titles of the track to the content in the track, everything was so meticulously thought out. Everything, everything was put into place specifically for that reason to elevate or promote a concept, an idea, or the artistic quality of it. Um, the fact that he had the different changes in, in seasons yeah, that, that also led to the different feels in the songs. Had to be thought out. Had to be thought out. You know what I mean? It's like... It's the seasons, you know, like just the the, the sound. The, yeah, it's just the... And it's the, it's, it's the it's, sound. You know, the, the, but you what still was the summer? The summer one was you just heard, you just heard like had little kids outside playing, like voices of little kids outside laughing and stuff and, and water and, and, and it was, <laughs> dripping and stuff like that. Yeah, just by listening to it with no words for the seasons, you already, even if you didn't look at the track, you can already get a feel of what it was. If somebody were to say, what season is this? Without looking at the title of the track, you can say... Uh, I guess like, this has to be either spring or summer. <laughs> yeah, this has to be uh, yeah. <laughs> one of the warmer, one of the warmer seasons. Like you can just get that feel, and that set the tone for the songs to follow. It was like I said, it was so thought out. Um, th after the first season, the intro to murals, murals alone, like the first track alone, is I believe like seven or eight minutes. But the lyrical content in that, Take that beat from Young Jeezy, I can I can still hear it. Like even every time I listen to it now, and it's been out a whole year, there's still new things in just in that song yeah, alone that, that you that you like. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. It's he's that lyrically dense. That. That's how dense that album is. Yeah, and it's and it's 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 worth it. Um, 
So I, that's why I put it as number three. I just think overall, I just think it was a very well done album. Like Maddie said, uh, that it it's the closest album we've had from Lupe to the cool and food and liquor. Not the sound, but the feeling, the the high level of lyricism matched with the production. So that's that's why I made my my top three. And for me, my top three was very easy to to pick. And number three for Lupe, I really didn't have to think about that one. My third was ASAP Rocky. Ooh, you put him up high. This is a really good album to me. Honestly, he just, he just, dude just, you know, him, you know, putting a lot of emphasis on fashion, him, um, you know, having, you know, the, the, the feelings and, and, you know, the morning of, you know, ASAP Yams and, mm-hmm. and the features you know, um, the guy Joe Fox, how you were talking about him earlier. Who gets Rod Stewart on a track? Like, who does yeah. that? <laughs> like, ASAP Rocky of all people. Like, what? <laughs> um, most Def. Um, um, what's like the, what's the, the dude's name? Uh, Fontelroy? What, what's it? What's uh, James Font- Fontelroy. James Fontelroy, yeah. Um, but all you know? of the features, even the Rod Stewart one, UGK? You, can, you can think it that it seems like it could be a gimmick, but like, yeah. it fits. It's not yeah, even it a gimmick. It's just that song fits. Like, there's been songs where you get somebody famous that's an old rock star or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just a gimmick to get people to go to it. Like this, that song is literally good. Yeah, him and Miguel, that was a nice, you know, MIA and uh, in future. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it's, uh that that track kind of like, I don't know. You got to be kind of in a mood for it. Yeah. Cause like some days, some days I listen to it and like I don't like the song. <laughs> you know, other days I'm like oh, I can get into it. You know, whatever. But yeah, but um. Even you know the track with Kanye, you know that's a, a pretty nice, pretty nice um, collaboration together. But yeah, it's yeah. the whole album. Like I said, it's um, it's pretty. You know, even the, even the the artwork, you know, the album cover, mm-hmm. you know, just like yeah, that, was that was that 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 mask that that, and then he's you know he's pulling Two faces, yeah, yeah exactly. So um, Two faces merge into one. It was pretty. It was pretty well thought out. Um, yeah, you know, just uh, that's that's yeah. That, ASAP. <laughs> and I think it was fitting that they had the last voice or last person to talk on the album is ASAP Yams. Yeah. I think that was nice. That uh, was a so nice good. tribute. A nice, yeah, it was nice. Uh, my number two. We're getting, we're getting down to the wire, guys, now. You know, top two albums. Uh, my number two, hands down, no contest, J. Cole, 2014, Four Drive. The approach that he took for me on this one was a more introspective, but still had a societal uh, frame of mind thinking of it. So it was more of we seeing how he sees society through his eyes versus how society sees us or how society is as a whole. Um, I think the lack of features, because there is no features on here. No features. No features at all, to me, is daring and shows to the level of lyrical capabilities that J. Cole has that he's strong enough of an artist to not have any features and it still be a great album. Um, the production quality is great. He also did, he I believe, all of that. Album. He produced a whole album himself. Yeah, I believe he, yeah, he did all of that. Um, but it just gives you a nice a nice look into you know his life, where he's from, and how he sees life. Um, there is a like an auspicious type of vibe that permeates through the whole album that, that kind of gives you to me gives you that that ability of like like I'm seeing I'm seeing something or I'm hearing something that necessarily I shouldn't be 
so it gives you that that I guess fear factor in essence um, that adds a nice quality to the album for me um, like like it's a secret like you shouldn't be hearing this but you are because he's giving you so much personal uh, accounts of certain things and like firing squad when people blew up about that and saying that he's taking shots at Macklemore and Iggy but really at the end of the day yes. was he I don't to me it's not taking shots if it's true yeah. And he didn't say it in a way that he was trying to be like outright disrespectful. Like he was just to me speaking the truth and giving you insight. And uh I like also how he had the the titles that paid homage to like the classic albums. To like all the classic albums. And how it was written on the track list. Like there was sections where it paid homage to like uh Nas's album Illmatic the way that the words were written. Um, it just was a great album. Hands down, I can listen to it from front to back. Uh, never skipping a track. Multiple times. Uh, that album came out very early in the year. I still listen to it now. J. Cole's number two for me as well. Um, yeah, it's just... Um, Far LeVar said it all, honestly. It's, you know, no features. You know, just dropped it. You know, um... Like here, you know, just just no, you know, didn't have any promotion for it or anything, you know. Um, he produced the whole album himself. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that is. That's 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 amazing. As good as amazing. it is, it's yeah. like crazy. nobody helped you out. I mean, I'm pretty sure he had, you know, his, his people on his team, you know, helping him out mixing things and whatnot. But for the most part, is you know, just J Cole, yeah. you know, constructing his own album. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, um, I think, um, the Fire Squad, I mean, I, I really did like that track, you know, he's just putting an emphasis on what things really are, you know, um, you know, there ain't no point to really get into it, it's just, but you just see it, you know, when, you know, when, uh, the powers that be, or, you know, mainstream people, you know, get a hold of something it, it just gets watered down you know what I'm saying um, yeah. you know Iggy Azalea she blew up so hard because she was a white she's a white girl but I mean she may, she's she's Australian at that you know but you know she got the international appeal but it's you know you're I mean but Macklemore talked about that with uh, white privilege too about how just the fact that he's white helped him get the sales or reach the level of popularity that he reached so quickly and to the heights that he reached because the fact that people can just relate off top without even him saying a word they can just relate because they, they look the same like you're doing African American shit but you're not African American so you know it's kind of like yeah but you know it's, but yeah it was you know, nonetheless the album was really good you know mm -hmm. um, alright so this is uh, my number one album it's our number one album as well, okay well us. let me say let me say our number one album um, is Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly. There's really nothing I can say that can speak to the level of how much I really, really, really enjoy this album. Um, as I said in the review. Can I pause you for a second? Go ahead. This album was freaking epic. And that's all. I ain't going to say nothing else. That, that's it. Boom. Drops the mic. Well, what I'm going to say to that is... Um, 
as I said in the in the review, this album is very complex. Is very which is something that can be hard to distinguish or to digest for a casual listener. Like you can't just necessarily just put on this album and ingest it or or take it all in. You have to really like I don't want to say study it, but you have to like really get intimate with this album to really appreciate the the level of greatness that it has, at least to me. Um, just something, just touching on some of the aspects that I that I said that I found in it is the album has amazing similarities to one of my favorite books, *The Killer Mockingbird* by Harper Lee. Um, in that book, it's it. it it's it's just so this album is so dense and so deep that it's it's hard to to even explain. But the pimp is, as we all know, one to be a person that exploits someone for their talent or skills for monetary gain. So that's what, of course, the pimp in this this title means. The butterfly represents the talent, the skills, and positive attributes to to society that Black people possess, or African Americans, or just minorities in general possess. Like we all have this innate ability to be butterflies. We just have to be in an environment that allows us to go from that caterpillar to that butterfly. And that's basically what he's talking about in this situation. And it so happens that in a lot of, especially entertainment in the t- entertainment world, when black people have are caterpillars and people that have the money or have the means to turn you into a butterfly, they use that and take, instead of giving you the monetary gain or giving you the freedom to be, be, t- be turned into a butterfly, they pimp you and take that money and then they turn you into what they want you to be to either portray or push forward those negative stereotypes that you see of either African Americans or minorities or just again to gain that monetary advantage and he speaks to all that on such deep levels but in such a unique and sophisticated and creative way um one of the things that I even picked up in, like I said in the song, uh, for free, like he purposely to me says, this dick ain't free in that manner. And so vocally, so viciously, so rough, so angrily to make it the point that he wants it to be brash. He wants it to be, but like that attention to detail is found from the very beginning of the track where they have the record playing that says, every nigga's a star to the end of the track where he goes through the poem and uh, Tupac's, uh, the Tupac interview. So, like, this hands down, again, like I said, I've listened to... Who has George Clinton to... on their on album? Who, has, who puts George Clinton on their album, man? Yeah. George Clinton, what? He touches on, like, every, every strong black genre, jazz, funk, soul, R&B, old school spoken hip-hop, word. new school hip-hop, poetry. spoken word, poetry, like, like Maddie said... Like to me again, like another thing that I compared this album to is Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On," because for me, this album did exactly what Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" did. It took a snapshot of what Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" took a snapshot of what the '60s and the '70s was feeling. Like I've never lived in the '60s, but if you listen to "What's Going On" and I've talked to people that lived in the '60s and I express and I explained to them the feeling that I got from "What's Going On," and they said that's exactly how it was. I feel. 30, 40 years from now when people talk about this album that they can possibly have that same feeling of that's how we felt regarding the the police shootings, the uh, Baltimore riots, 
uh, Tamar Rice, um, uh, I Can't Breathe, Eric Garner, um, Mike Brown, Ferguson shootings, like all of that encompassed as well as everything else that's not in the media that's being talked about. That is a feeling that black people feel and that was expressed through this album in a way and it, it only didn't bring to light the negative things that we feel society puts on black people but it also highlighted our flaws such as in complexions when he's talking about complexions and black on uh, black of the berry where he talks about the how we discriminate against ourselves based on the color of our skin or the complexion of our color so like he 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 picks on everything not just the positive things that we do the negative things that we do not the, just the positive things that happen in society towards us but the negatives that happens in society towards us he even goes to the political route of uh uh bloody uh what is it uh democrats and republicans yeah democrats and republicans like so he just covers so much in an album that it's not like it's 18 a track album you know what i mean but it's so much that is covered in this album adds to the greatness of it and so that's why it made my top one album and I think if I was on the Grammy board that would have to be the album that wins hip hop album of the year yeah then um for free it, it didn't feel like it was like a deleted scene from Love Jones or something you could just you yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see him on the stage so, yeah. Nia, Nia what's happening <laughs> um, I just want to quickly mention some of the the albums that I, I believe should get a shout out that Again, we're close for me that didn't quite make the top 10. Joey Badass, Before the Money, I really thought was a really good album. Um, it really bring that that uh, uh, boom bap rap, that that feel that that and he's spitting. He's really he's really spitting and he does give an introspective look um, like in Curry Chicken where he's talking about uh, his, uh, like the relationship with his mom. And then there's another track, I can't think of the name of it, where he's you really feel that connection that he has to his friends and his homies, the loyalty that he has. When he talks to, he lets his uh, boy in jail listen to the, the song he's playing. I, I don't remember the name of the track at this time. But I just felt that album was really well done. Um, and I, it, 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 was, it was close. It almost knocked Wale out for me. Um, that, um, Isaiah Rashad's album, I think was really, really good. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he comes out with next. Let me think, let me think. I think that's really those two I just really wanted to make sure I mentioned was uh, Joy Badass again, Before the Money. I think that should be checked out. And Isaiah Rashad's. Um, Absol had a good album. Um, it would have made my top 20. I don't know about the top 15. But J Rock, 90059, would have made it. It was so close. I think if I spent a little bit more time with it, I think it would have moved up and definitely knocked out Wale. Um, but. It's, I think that was a very good album. I think uh, uh, the song with uh, Absol, Schoolboy Q, and uh, Kendrick, the way that each of them flow on there is, is the way Absol flows on that album. If you look at the lyrics and then look at how the beat progresses, you would see, you would see that it's like amazing how he got what he said to flow over that beat. Uh, I really think he did a real good job, and I think J Rock did a great job. He he unlocked his inner ODB on um I can't think of the song right now on one of the songs though. Uh, like literally, if you hear it, you're like, is this ODB? <laughs> uh, it was that good. Um, so it, it was a high consideration. It just fell short though. Um, again, I think if I gave it a little more time, 
uh, was a little more intimate with it, I think it, it might have went up a spot. Is there any uh, honorable mentions for you? Uh, Vince Staples too, but it wasn't Vince as Staples high was, as uh, well, Jay Rock or when I, Joey um, Badass for me. When when I made my top ten, Vince Staples didn't make it, you know. But then I put it, in, I put him in there. Uh, I've been realist. I really like his album. Um, I just think his, you know, he signed to Def Jam as well. I didn't um, know that. Him and Janelle Iko are uh, label mates. You know, she was on his album as well. Um, yeah, can't wait to see what else he's about to do. Um, oh, how about uh, Big Grams? Fantagram and, uh, and Big Boy. Um, I checked it out. It was all right to me. I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't lock it on it though. I, re- I mean, I never, like I said, just like Rhapsody, how I discovered her through Kendrick Lamar's album. That's how I discovered um, Fantagram. Uh, Fantagram off of, of uh, Big Boy's album, um, Dangerous Lies and Vicious Rumors. Mm. Um, you know, it's like they are, like, they produced like three tracks on his album. It was like the beats were just stupid. You know, it's, you know, that trip hop thing is, uh, is is getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, and yeah, and they 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 collab together and got you know did an album together you know or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That's some uh, somebody should people should listen to. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, that's that's all I can think of for me for right now. But there is some other things I do want to mention. Uh, we got the Illmatty section on the SonicBreakdown.com coming up shortly. It should have a, a article feature uh, that uh, talks a little bit about uh, Anderson. Anderson uh, Pack. Or pack, it's pack. So we should have that up. Um, check in. We already have all the reviews that are on there right now. All the albums that I have on my list have been reviewed on the SonicBreakdown.com under the breakdown page. Um, check out our uh, Sonic Premiere page as well. Um, that has a lot of new artists uh, that a lot of people might not know about, like uh, Jones, this great R&B singer, as well as uh, uh, Emerald Swamp is uh, this. Uh, rap collabo group um and then we also have uh, mark clark uh who is a young up-and-coming dude from florida uh who's uh i've been you know rocking with him for a minute on the sonicbreakdown.com and i think he uh he's somebody you should uh check out and just keep an eye out for for in the future and uh check back uh next month for the next uh podcast we'll have we'll, we're gonna try to have a podcast up at least once a month um, depending on how much you guys like it, you know, shoot us feedbacks, comments, and let us know. Man, if you don't get out of my face, bro, <laughs> we got Matt over here messing with me. So we try to, I'm trying, I'm trying to get this, get get this podcast off, and this fool messing with me. But anyways, yo, so keep on following with us, keep on rocking with us. We gonna keep on evolving, growing. Um, like I say on the website, you know, the Sonic Breakdowns about uh, music on all levels. Like, Sonic properties go through every atom, you know. Sonic sound waves go through every atom. That's how we're trying to affect uh, this culture and trying to go through everything, man. So keep rocking with us. Again, check the website, thesonicbreakdown.com. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat, all of it. Either thesonicbreakdown.com or the Sonic Breakdown. Uh, Thanks for rocking with us, yo. So this is uh, D-Ray Brinson, F.M. Maddie, and my boy, uh, the producer, of course, William West. So keep us, uh, keep an eye out for us. SonicBreakdown.com. Yo, bitch. <laughs> yo, yo, bitch. bitch. Yo, bitch.